This program contains adult content. Is there a God? A big atheist. Really? What, am I an idiot? Come on. But yes, it would be nice if you could throw your sins and your responsibilities on someone else. But it's not true. It looks like far-left lunacy. I don't believe that it's true that religion is moral or ethical. You don't need to follow anybody! It's not human intelligence! If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should? Season six, motherfucker! <laughs> I wasn't. I was not uh, expecting that. Either was that. We we did not have that planned. Well, we were just listening to rap music. So. Uh, hello, Salt Lake, and the rest of the world. I listened to our oh, first episode. Oh, that's what he needs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> today, welcome to the Godless Revolution. Today is Friday, and it's May, where is the fucking date? It's May third. May third. We yes. just talked about that. Yeah. Should have remembered. I'm Dan Ellis. It's been a month, man. Which I did not believe when you said that until we looked up it up, and it's like holy fucking cock shit. Yeah, I I was a little surprised when I was making the show notes or the the layout for tonight's episode. I was like, God damn, it's been almost an entire month yeah. since we sat down and recorded. It doesn't feel like it. No, no, <laughs> I've I've been really busy. I'm sure you guys have been super busy. What what's been going on? What have you been doing for the last month, man? Uh, well, last night I went and saw Jason Mewes. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Mm. That, was, that was my birthday gift that Sarah got me. What's Jason that? Mewes? From Jay and Silent Bob. Oh. Um, is he, what, what does he do? He just does his amusing stories where he tells funny stories of, oh, yeah. about, you know, how he was a snotty kid and tried to make friends with Jason Muse and nobody wanted to hang out with this fucking crazy kid that was flashing his ass to everybody and making <laughs> dick jokes and pretending he's coming on everything and he tells amusing sex stories. Yeah. So it was a good classy evening. Yes. <laughs> there was there's an older gentleman sitting Full of like high culture. Sitting like right in front of me and Sarah, like old enough to be wearing hearing aids. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, does this guy know who Jason Muse is? He's laughing a little bit, but He's like the oldest fucking person in this room. Like, so this is this Jay from Jane Silent Bob, right? Did yeah. you already say that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, it's been a it's been a month and and then it's been a week and it's been a hell of a day. Well and, and if you know anything about Jason Muse, he had a horrible past with drugs and alcohol, so he has some amusing stories about his days of shooting up heroin and He looks like he's lived a hard life, maybe. He he I think when I listened to one podcast where he said he's this, like he had been sober for like six years. He's like, this is the soberest I've been since I was like 12. Wow. And how long has he been sober? Like now he's probably going on like seven years or something like that. Being oh, nice. completely sober, kicked off. I think he said the last time he used was during the movie, uh, uh, Zach and Mary make a porno, uh-huh. which everyone thought he was clean. But he started shooting up towards the end of the making of it and was hiding it from everybody. And then finally went back and admitted to Kevin Smith that, hey, um, I'm using again. Heroin's a rough one, man. Yeah. You do. You have to hide it because people (laughs) fucking flip out. Well, everybody thought he was clean and finally clean and sober and doing good. And he was hiding it because he wasn't clean and sober and doing good. But he made a he's making a joke about. So during their old podcast, they would do a thing. 
where you'd come on stage and have pretend sex with Jason Mewes. You'd make up a sex position. It's something crazy and wacky and usually depend on the location you're in. So he said he ran into a a fan when he was in like Louisiana or something. The lady came running up to him and said, hey, I had sex with you. And he said he had to pause for a second because he's like, fuck, man. I've been strung out here before. It's quite possible I have had actual sex with this lady and would have no fucking clue about it. But it was during the podcast. Mm. She had sex with him during the podcast. Oh, they would she... make up fake, like weird positions. And then they would figure out how to act that out. Like with air sex ah. on stage. And yeah, I gotcha. Well, let's see what else. Uh, that was that was last night. That was man. last night. Had a long, long work week because of shift change stuff. Yeah, which is why we're recording on Fridays. Yeah, now for thank goodness. Yeah. A while. Yeah. Uh, fuck. I just been editing on the computer for that doc I'm supposed to be editing right now, which has been going really slow. <laughs> yeah, just general life. Life. Yeah. I'm trying to think of anything else interesting or crazy that has happened in the last month, and I can't. Hmm. Well, that's fine. Take notes uh, next time. I'll try. <laughs> I mean, I, half time I don't remember what I did two days ago. <laughs> and you, sir? Uh, I've been trying to keep up with my garden yeah. and whatnot. And What uh, are you growing? A lot of different, mostly flowers, but mm. um, I have a couple of pepper plants in there. And keeping up with the baby, too. But he's so fucking cute, man. He Thanks, really dude. is. Yeah. The you, Matt showed us a couple of videos before before we started recording. He's super cute. If yeah. And if anyone's curious, he has started walking on his own, which, which is, is amazing. awesome. Yeah. Because yeah, he didn't know if he would. Yeah. We weren't we weren't never entirely sure if he would be able to walk at all. So. uh, So, yeah, that's been that's been pretty awesome. That's very, very cool. And he's got those. Short little stubby legs. Uh, yeah, just, he does. He's he's super cute, man. Super I, super cute. I did see the opposite of that last night. Somebody on really long legs. Yes. Who was really <laughs> ugly? Yes. Who? What are you talking? I don't about? know. It was weird. Uh-huh. So we were all in line to go like do the photo op with Jason Muse. Uh huh. And this lady was standing there. She had to have been like seven foot tall, but only two feet of that was torso. Oh. Like, I thought when I first saw her, I'm like, is she on stilts? And I look closer, I'm like, she's not on stilts. She's seven feet tall? She was taller than me. Like, she was taller than everyone else in the entire room. Like, she was, like, the, like, person she was standing behind, which was probably close to my height, her chest was at his head height. So she stood out, but she, her legs were not proportioned to the rest of her body. And I never seen anything like that. I'm like, wow, that's. I thought she was on stilts, but she wasn't on stilts. Just really long legs. I'm like, I. Did she look like this? Not, <laughs> not. They weren't like extremely. She was. Pretty, she was really skinny, but it was. It was. It was weird. Like I'd never seen a person with that. She didn't come dancing out and say a hanker for a hunk of cheese. No, look a wagon wheel. It would have been funny. <laughs> I just burped. Did you do you ever did you see this guy? You ever remember that? I don't remember no? that guy. That's uh, probably an age thing. Yeah, hmm. that's from what 1950? No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> from the 50s when I was young. No, I'm not that old. Come on, man. 70s, okay. <laughs> what what else? Gardening? Yeah, kid um, stuff. I brought 
I brought a couple of thoughts. Okay. But it's just really quick. Sure. And then we'll just move on because you have a ton of stuff to talk about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, since it's, so this is our first of season six, is it? It is indeed. Season six. It's amazing. I, yeah. Yeah. Start first show of season six. I always try to do some sort of a wrap up, whether it's like a highlight audio or like whatever. Anyway, so yeah. these are just some random thoughts I've had at my desk at work for a while. Hmm. Um, the Trump administration slogan should be, uh, if at first you don't deceive, lie, lie again. <laughs> hmm. um, oh, yeah. Here's a thought that I had. Don't even try it. I will never like a band that pronounces money as Monet. Who? There are a few of them. Are there? Mm-hmm. Monet. Mm. Monet, 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 Billy Idol. Billy Idol? You don't like oh, Billy yeah. Idol? Fuck Billy Idol. <laughs> oh, no. Come on. I like Billy Idol. Uh, sometimes fishing lures are designed to catch fishermen. I caught my dad once. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We were, we were camping and walking down the embankment to the river, and my... It was... It was during the middle of summer, and there were trees kind of covering the pathway down. And I was young. I was like seven, seven, eight, nine, right in there. And I was carrying my fishing pole. And, you know, you do the thing the fishermen do, right, where you, you take your hook and you hook it on one of the eyes for your pole. Yeah. And so your pole's a little bit bent or whatever. And in going through the trees, that had come undone, and so my... Hook was just kind of free swinging and I'm young and stupid. I didn't really think anything of it. My dad's ahead of me walking down the bank to the edge of the water and my pole caught on a tree and I'm trying to get it loose and I pulled on it, yanked it and fucking cast my hook right mm. into the middle of my dad's back. <laughs> oh, ouch. That was fun. And then for some reason, he's really pissed off, of course, yeah, because yeah. he's got a he's hook always in his pissed. back and he's always pissed. But then instead of him taking the pole from me, as we go back to camp to get somebody to get this hook out of my dad's back, <laughs> right? I'm still holding the pole, marching him in front of me. I don't, I don't, like, I don't know how this whole thing came about, but like the whole way back to camp, I'm holding the pole with him in front of me and every now and then yanking on the pole and the hook that's in his back and having him yell at me more. Oh, like, yeah. I don't know. I'd get I'm, mad. Well, sure, but he should have just maybe taken the pole from me and <laughs> walked himself back to camp. Yeah. Or had me follow him back to camp. But I was, yeah, so it was a bad deal. Anyway. Or had you take it out? Yeah. Well, we went back to camp and my uncle had to cut it out. He used a, uh, like a fillet uh, knife and cut, <clears throat> did something to get it out of my dad's oh, back. Okay. I'm just going to jump in real quick. Yeah. Apparently, it's called Marfan syndrome. What is? Where you have really long legs and a short torso. Hmm. Marfan. So apparently that's what that person had. Or Marfan. Marfan, Marfan. Hmm. Yeah. Weird. Never seen a person with that type of disorder, but it was interesting. Interesting. I'm like, whoa, that's notable. Yeah. Well, hmm. yeah, it was different. Yeah. Yeah. Must be rare. Hmm. Okay, continue. Hmm. Uh, when kids are on the toilet and you knock on the door, they'll say, "Come in." Mm -hmm. Only kids do that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just it's just interesting that they're because they're trying to learn social norms, but they don't understand why yet. Yeah, come on in. Sure. Yeah. 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 Um, it, apparently, except for Jordan Peterson and David Smalley, straight white <laughs> men have been on an unbroken boulevard of green lights. 
mm-hmm. which I thought was a cool phrase that I picked up somewhere and I don't remember where. Unbroken Boulevard of Green Lights, yeah. Uh, genital warts contracted at a house of professional escorts should be called brothel sprouts. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> these are uh, these are the things that you think about while you're at work. Maybe. <laughs> at least some of them. Uh huh. Fun. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> a little a little tiny trip into my mind. Nice. Nice. Well, I've missed you guys. Like I said, it's been a it's been a whole month. Yeah, know? I know that that is a long time for us to go. It, yeah, it is. I don't think we've had a month break like since Maybe we started the show. Like two weeks at most. Yeah, yeah. It, it just a random set of circumstances. I think uh, you one of you weren't going to be able to make it to a show, and then the weather yeah. was bad, and and then I the was con- gone for a couple yeah. of the recording nights at the conference, and then. Me changing my schedule. You changed your schedule, which shifted us back from Monday to Friday. Well, I didn't so. want to change it. Yeah. I don't have any choice in that. Well, that's that's the thing that you have to That's why they pay you to work, right? Like, there, yeah. are, there are very fortunate few who get paid for doing something they love. Mm. Most people I love it. get paid to do a job. <laughs> otherwise, it would go undone. So, um. But yeah, it's it's been a month, and this is the start of season six. I'm very excited to be back in the studio with you guys. I've missed you. We haven't chatted for quite a while, yeah. and there's a whole lot that has been going on. Um, I'm not entirely sure how long this episode will be because I have to act as an efficient for a friend's wedding tomorrow. Besides right. being the efficient, I also get to be the MC. Ooh. I get so. to film all day tomorrow, then do a car show, then go grocery shopping, and then go to bed and go to work. <laughs> so I will be there a very long time. Ryan, you already had your turn. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, please cut in. Talk with all of these things, because I just made a bunch of notes about <laughs> stuff that has happened over the last little while. Oh, shit. I did go to the American Atheists yeah. Convention in Cincinnati. That was a really good time. Is Cincinnati I, a total shithole, or is it a nice city? No, dude. I I was gonna really? say part part of the thing that I was going to say about Cincinnati is that it is one of the few places that I have traveled where I could imagine actually living there. It's a really nice place. Really? How was Fiona? Yeah, Fiona was tired. She was sleeping. Oh. Um, but yeah, Cincinnati's Cincinnati's a really nice place. Um, it reminded me a little bit of Salt Lake, but it was better. <laughs> no. I don't know. I was just, well, there weren't as many Mormons. So things, yeah. you know, there were more bars. You didn't have to worry about stupid rules. Yeah. Liquor laws that yeah. made no sense at all. Um, there was a lot of culture there. There were, you know, skyscrapers. There were nice park areas. It was just, it was a lot of fun. I I really enjoy Cincinnati. I, every time I, so this is, I say every time I've been to Cincinnati twice, once for work, once for the American Atheist okay. Convention. And I really, had a good time in the city both times. Yeah, never been. Across the river, just across the river into Kentucky is kind of a shithole. But on the Ohio side of the river, it's really nice. Hmm. I liked it very much. Took Tracy to Skyline Chili, which is a thing you have to do in Cincinnati. It's a Cincinnati okay. thing. It's not really. It's, well, I guess they call it chili. So it's chili, but it's not <laughs> like the chili that you're you used would, to having. Okay. And they put it on spaghetti okay. and or hot dogs. Okay. And hot dogs, okay. But yeah. I guess. Spaghetti sounds. I guess that's probably fine. It's it's interesting and a lot of cheese. It's like spaghetti and then the skyline chili and a lot of cheese. And they make their own 
Skyline hot sauce that's okay. a lot like Tabasco, but not quite. But it's it's good. I liked it. Tracy hadn't had it before, and so we went there, had some Skyline chili. Uh, on the way to the convention, <laughs> we're, we're unloading our bags out of the Lyft driver's car at the airport, and we're waiting for Skycap to come and get him. The Skycap guy comes over, starts talking to us. We're out on the curb in open air at the airport. There's no no smoking signs or anything, right? So I pull out my vape, and I'm like, well, I'm not going to be able to vape for a long time. Yes, people, I vape. I don't know <laughs> if that's been a mystery to anybody out there. I used to smoke, and now I don't any longer because I vape, so it's a good thing. But uh, So I took a drag off my vape and an exhale, and it's kind of it's kind of breezy. And there's a woman standing, honestly, she's like 60 feet away from me, standing at the counter of another skycap, like a whole section of this thing away from me. So I pull up my vape, I take a drag, I exhale, Tracy and I are talking, whatever. And just out of the corner of my eye, I noticed this old woman, like, like waving, like kind of waving her arms a little bit. And I look over at her and she's waving at me and she like, does this wave like go away or something? And I was like, and I kind of turned and looked behind me, like, is she waving at, you know, is she waving <laughs> at somebody else or what the fuck is going on? Take another drag in my vape and she starts waving her arms again. And she's like, no, no, stop that. Don't do that. And I, and I exhale and I'm, and I kind of gave her a puzzled look and she's like, don't vape at me. <laughs> and I'm like, and I, I, I kind of looked around and I, and then I got a little mad and I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm not vaping at you. You are so far away from me and the wind is blowing that way. I'm not vaping at you. I'm exhaling and the wind is taking it that way. <laughs> like, what is your problem? She's like, don't do that. Don't vape at me. And I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> did you I actually just, say fuck? I did. I yelled at her. I'm like, fuck you. Shut the <laughs> fuck up. Because it was, you know, it was kind of a stressful morning as we're trying to get ready and get in the lift and get there and we're running a little bit late and trying, you know, trying to get our bags checked in at the sky cap because we didn't have time to go in and check them and everything. And then there's this lady who's like being all fucking weird. And she's so far away. And I was just like, this is like, fuck you lady. So, so Tracy <laughs> the, looks the whole over idea of vaping at somebody is kind of strange yeah, anyway. Yeah. Like I don't control where the wind blows. Like it's not, it's not an intentional thing that I'm doing. And at it least just, it's not cigarettes. And it's not cigarettes. Like, chill the fuck out, lady. And you're this. I'm I'm perfectly within my rights to be vaping right here just because you're out, like it just I'm sure she was having a bad. Everybody was, was having, having a bad, bad day. day. But but what and, kind of a self-centered person is that? That's half a mile down the road. Oh, he's vaping right in my face, <laughs> right at me. He's doing it on purpose right at me. Well, and tra you know, so I, I just yell. I'm like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> And Tracy, Tracy turns and she's like, what's, what's going on? And I'm like, I don't know. A crazy old bitch down there is fucking complaining that I'm vaping at her. <laughs> so, so that was an adventure. Then we, you know, we get on the plane, go there, whatever. Everything was great. Get to the hotel and just, it was a gorgeous hotel. Uh, old historic building. Our room was kind of interesting. We got a, a king. I, I upgraded to a king suite. Okay. At the hotel because. The room rates were fairly inexpensive for the convention, and so it was like an extra 25 bucks a night or something like that to upgrade. And we get into our room, and it's a it's a decent room, it, but it's got two closets, two bathrooms, and a nice, like, French door that 
adjoins these two areas with, you know, one that is smaller with a couch that pulls out into a sleeping, okay. whatever, into a bed and a TV in there and a bathroom and a closet. And then the other side is the big king bed and the, and the, and everything. And our bellhop brings up our bags and Tracy's like, did this used to be two rooms? And he says, Oh, you've got a good eye. <laughs> and she's like, well, I suppose. I just don't know how this would have even been counted as a, a room. room. <laughs> the, the one, the other part of it. And he's like, yeah, well, that's kind of why we combined them and turned it into a King suite. So it's an old historic hotel in a really cool old building. There's down on the lower levels. It's like this big shopping area, mall kind of place. And it was just really cool. Um, and then I can't remember if it was the first night we were there or the, I think it was the second night we were there, uh, ended up just sitting down and chatting with Matt Dalehunty all night long, nice. sitting in the lobby, shooting the shit. He was, he, he had his heart broken before, <laughs> before he arrived and was telling us all about that Uh oh. and, and his, his, his dismay at being stood up. Apparently sh- this, this woman he was seeing was possibly going to meet him there and that fell through and then they kind of broke up ish thing and but yeah that was fun just sitting around chatting with people it was i I must have missed some big news at some point it was a good time what matt and beth are not together Mm, oh no yeah they they separated a while ago okay and and then but i i did get a lot of the inside scoop on a bunch of different stuff i'll talk to you guys about in between segments or whatever but yeah Sitting around gossiping, talking about a bunch of different stuff. Uh, we did go, um, there while we were there, uh, American atheists organized, uh, what was it? An equality rally. Okay. At Fountain Square in Cincinnati. And Fountain Square is really cool. It's this open air mall area with a big fountain in the middle of it. And the fountain is really cool looking. You can set up a stage. There's all kinds of restaurants and bars around. And we organized, or they organized an equality rally without a bunch of the speakers from the convention come out and talk to people. The weather was shit. It mm-hmm. was cold that day and rainy. And we went out there anyway. And, and that was, that was good. The speakers were great. Any protesters? There were some protesters there. There was one woman in particular that I went over and started talking to. And she was just so far gone and deluded. Like, in in talking to her, you know, I'm I'm trying to have a rational conversation with her and everything. Asking she her, she kept telling you to not vape at her. <laughs> asking her, you know, questions, trying to do the use the Socratic method and everything. And then she said something I can't even remember exactly what she said, but it kind of pissed me off. And I was just like, "How fucking arrogant are you?" <laughs> and she kind of stopped for a second. And she's like, well, "What do you mean?" And I said, "Well, you're." telling me that i'm doing this or i believe that like don't fucking tell me what i believe and don't tell me what i think why don't you fucking ask me a question that's what i've been doing with you and i can't like i said it was it was a decent amicable relate you know conversation back and forth and then she said something that i i wish i could remember exactly what it was but i was like fuck you lady (laughs) so you did like i've been watching a lot more of the the atheist experience lately Mm. Since they, they started breaking them down into like little segments instead of having the whole show. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, oh, I'll just see what the what the Git person was talking about. Yeah. I, I love it when Matt does that, where it gets to a point, it's it's an amicable converse, conversation. Mm. Someone says one of them believes in something. He goes, hold the fuck on. <laughs> Stop. And he's going, no, 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 no. 
I no. didn't fucking say that. I never <laughs> fucking said I believed that. You're fucking saying shit that's not true. Yeah. I'm like, I that's like kind of how like it was. It. Like, she said something that just triggered, like, fuck you. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to have a conversation with you, and you're just so fucking far gone. And she said, she said something, and then I was like, how fucking arrogant are you to stand here and say that to me? Like, oh, it was something about, well, you know, we, we were going back and forth. That's what it was. We were going back and forth. And she's like, well, you know, I'm sure that you, you know, just you've never been a real Christian or you've never heard this or that. It was something along those lines that, you know, oh, well, you just haven't heard about Jesus yeah. Christ. or You haven't been heard of you. You haven't been given the good news. Yeah. And right. if you, or, or, if or you the had, right way. then you would be a believer. And I was just like, how fucking arrogant yeah. are you to stand here and tell me that I don't know what the fuck you're talking about? I said, most of the people here, most of the people here were religious and probably as religious, if not more religious than you and everybody here, I'm guessing knows more about your religion than you do. You are a fucking arrogant bitch. Who's trying to tell me that I don't know what I'm talking about when I'm asking you questions and you can't give me any good answers and you keep falling back on this. Well, you just need to have faith yeah. and you just weren't taught right. And I'm like, that is fucking it's, horseshit. It's, yeah, that's complete bullshit. The yeah, whole, it's, it's the I am yeah. the I am the universe fallacy, right? Where where she's looking at it going, well, I heard the good word and there's no way I would ever change my mind about Jesus. So they must not have heard the good word because they've mm. clearly changed yeah. their mind. So mm. whatever it is for me is true for everyone. I'm yeah. the universe. Yeah. You know, yeah. A very myopic view of everything. It, and that one person that has is spewing the same thing you've heard a million times already thinks they have that one thing you haven't heard. Yeah, exactly. And that's I actually, go, that's going to convince you. <laughs> that's, that's exactly. It. And I actually said that to her. I'm like, do you honestly think that nobody here has heard this shit before? That we're all so fucking stupid that you, that we're all stupid and or that you are so special. God has picked you to come and preach to these heathens out here who have never heard this before. That's fucking stupid. Do you realize how fucking stupid you sound right now? I was like, I know more about your Bible, your religion than you do. Don't fucking tell me that I don't because you don't know and you haven't asked me any questions. Yeah. You're telling me stuff. I got really angry <laughs> and there were, and then and there were a little bit of a crowd started to develop and I was just like, I'm fucking done with you. Like just fucking leave. Why the fuck are you here? Nobody wants you here. If we wanted any of this shit, we would go and seek it out. We don't, you're not wanted. Go the fuck away. And she just kind of wandered off and started talking to somebody else. And then Aaron was talking to oh. another couple of people and he started yelling at them for very, like, it was just, I, I just, the, the arrogance of so many religious people who figure that, well, I am God's crusader and I'll get through to these people. They just haven't heard it from somebody as special as me. I'm God's warrior. That just is the height of arrogance. Like, and, and I said, you know, what kind of stupid fucking God would send you as his emissary to tell me uh. what, what's what? Yeah. Yeah. When she's <laughs> not even capable of having a conversation with yeah. your, with your intellect. I just, yeah, she's totally ill-equipped. Yeah. What yeah. what a fucking moron move that is. Yeah. I just, I'd had enough. And so then I went back to the hotel and then we listened to more speakers and that was a lot of fun. This is Dr. Hector Garcia, author of Alpha God and Sex, Power, and Partisanship. And you are listening to Godless Revolution. Next up, Gorilla Enclosure. Gorilla Enclosure. 
Tragedy always brings the internet together, and nothing was more tragic online than the Harambe incident. Rest in peace, Harambe. Tear off God's dick and arms. <laughs>
Rest in peace, Harambe. I think that's bullshit whenever that fucking happens. Well, I'll have to play that clip of Chris Hardwick tearing, you know, What's you the other tear option? God's dick and balls off. Well, I mean, he didn't do anything wrong, per se. Yeah, it was an animal doing an animal yeah. thing. Yeah. It was the person that allowed the child to get in there with him. That yeah, some that some bad up. parent allowed their shitty kid to get in there. It's just like back home they had. Some, but the zoo uh, probably should have taken more steps to make it so that that couldn't happen. I guess. Well, it's like so like back home there's the local zoo in our town. It's not a very good zoo, uh, but they got some timber wolves in there, and it was like two three years ago, someone had accidentally left a gate open, and a kid's like, "Well, fuck it, I'm going in." Got around the thing. There's like a double fence. Got on the inner fence thing. Put his hand through to try to fucking play with a wolf. Got his arm fucking shredded. <laughs> well, guess what they did? They killed fucking the killed the wolf. Yeah. And it's like the wolf was well, doing that's... a wolf thing. The zoo employee fucked up. Are you gonna fucking kill the suit the the employee for fucking up too and leaving the fucking gate open? No, that's a human. We can't do that. That's yeah. A, that's different though, isn't it? But it's still like with Harambe, the, the, but, but, but the they, kid, the kid was in immediate danger with Harambe or at least potentially, potentially, yeah. but with the wolf, it sounds like from what you're saying, they went back and killed it after they did. So that's, so that's just, but it, it's a, it's a trend pun, that tends it. to happen that's that if, if the animal kills someone or harms someone that got into the enclosure by fucking their own dumbass fault. When they didn't follow the rules, they jump a fence. They, I hate when I fuck my fault. I know. <laughs> it fucking hurts. And then they, they put the animal down because they're like, well, the animal killed someone. We got to put him down. I'm like, well, the animal was doing the animal thing. Mm-hmm. It's a wild animal. Mm-hmm. It's just that in the case of Harambe, they had to. It wasn't like they were punishing yeah. him. They were just, they just didn't have any other options. I mean, they couldn't have tranquilized him. Would have taken too long. He wasn't actively killing the kid, was he? He was dragging he was him by dragging one leg through yeah, the water, mind. dude. Yeah. yeah, dragging him around, dragging him through the water. They were worried he was going to kill the kid. It, it would just take a split second. Imagine yeah. imagine what outcry there would have been if 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 the zoo people had allowed that. Yeah. If they chose if they chose the tranquilizer option, shoot him with the tranquilizer, he gets pissed, wham, slams the kid's head against the wall. He's yeah. dead. It's well, gruesome. The, you know it's what? awful. And then it's like, why didn't they fucking kill that thing? Yeah. You know. They should have killed the kid. They yeah, had no good options available. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was a bad deal. So make it short and painless. Just put yeah. put a high caliber rev, or a high velocity round through his skull. And then. Well, then you always have the off chance the guy misses and hits the fucking kid. Well. Yeah. Sure. No. There's plenty of them, too. What if Harambe was smart enough to go, shield? <laughs> I don't think actually there's far more human children than gorillas. So yeah. maybe we should have done that. We should have, <laughs> uh, Jim Obergefell. Like, see that. And that would be a very effective, hopefully lesson for those parents. Mm-hmm. Kid goes in a monkey cage. We kill it. So you took your eyes off him and now he's fucking dead. How about that? Mm-hmm. You gonna have another That'll one? That'll learn you. You just going to replace it. Mm-hmm. Well, they probably will. Yeah. That, that'll teach him. I was wearing, when we went to the zoo, I was wearing one of my atheist t-shirts and I noticed I was getting a bunch of people like giving me dirty looks and it didn't uh, hit me until later that it was probably because of my atheist t-shirt. Well, and then there, I, there must've been some kind of church group there because oh, there shit. were a bunch of people all wearing similar shirts with crosses on them yeah. and whatever. And so they, they were probably, 
very upset at my very existence and that I was allowed into the zoo around like, families and children. You should be in the enclosure with fucking monkeys. What am I going to say to my children? They can read now. They're going to wonder what that is. We should throw them in the meerkat cage and see if they really do murder. <laughs> uh, Jim Obergefell was uh, the keynote speaker. Mm-hmm. And his speech was really, really good. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Jim Obergefell was part of the landmark Supreme Court decision. He had, he had sued for the right to marry his partner. He's a gay man and won. And that made, uh, that made gay marriage legal across the United yep. States. And so he was the keynote speaker and came out as an atheist during his speech on stage, which was kind of cool. He made some comment about, you know, I didn't figure that I really had any more closets to come out of, but here I am speaking at an American Atheists convention, and I'm here to tell you all that, yeah, I am an atheist. So that was that was pretty cool. Um, they have, like here in here in downtown Salt Lake, we've got those electric scooters that you can rent. Yeah, they had those in Cincinnati too, and they're a lot of fucking fun, man. <laughs> How many times did you crash? I I almost crashed once, <laughs> and in fact. I saved myself from crashing, but in doing so, I like stepped off the scooter really hard with my left foot and bruised a toe. Oh. Like if the bruise wrapped around my toe, like I just, I had hit the cement so hard with the bottom of my, of my foot that it bruised it, bru- the toe. it bruised the top of it. And it like it bruised sides? around from the bottom of my foot up to the top. Yeah. That's a new talent. I, I stepped really hard trying to, <laughs> trying to <laughs> save myself because the wheel, it, the, I was, fucking around and the concrete there where there was a separation in the concrete and a bit of a lip and the front wheel got stuck on one side and the back wheel didn't and yeah so i almost wiped out but i saved myself and bruised my foot i did that with a dirt bike once yeah i wiped out yeah (laughs) i've I've crashed a lot i'm sure you crashed a lot on a dirt bike just that's the only time i ever crashed it really that's the only time i ever crashed a dirt bike was how do you learn not to crash unless you crash a lot (laughs) well I mean, falling over when you can't like, oh shit, I thought I had it and I, that's one thing, but actually like going and wrecking at speed. I've only done that once. My cousin wrecked his dirt bike in Brigham City. Uh, He was up riding around somewhere and apparently hit some sand with his front wheel and it twisted the handlebars and the the rubber ends of his handlebars Mm -hmm. had worn off. So it was just bare metal you know, round pipe and twisted his handlebars and launched him oh. into the handlebar and punctured a lung. Oh. <laughs> this is my same cousin that set himself on fire. That's in and out <laughs> of jail all the time. Like he should be, a, he should be dead. Probably, <laughs> probably. And probably will be like, he looks, he's, I think he's like a year younger than me, maybe 10 months, but he, he looks like he's 10 years older than I am. He's, he's, he drinks a lot. Had a rough life. He, well, no, he's had a very privileged, easy life. But made it rough on himself. And has, yeah, he's made a lot of terrible decisions. Um, but yeah, the zoo was really cool. Um, Jim Obergefell's speech was really cool. The scooters were a whole lot of fun. We went and saw the, you know, we rented the scooters, went all around downtown Cincinnati, all down by the, they have like a river walk area mm-hmm. with eateries of various from various companies and stuff. Um, and we went to a place called Condado Taco, which was really cool. It's set on the corner of the street and the walls for this restaurant are basically just 
big foldable glass walls. Okay. So you can like open it up in the summertime. Yeah. So when we arrived there, they had one side open. And as we sat down, ordered some drinks, ordered a bunch of margaritas, <laughs> got pretty, pretty drunk while we're sitting at Condado Taco eating these amazing tacos. Basically, you order like the kind of shell you want, the kind of protein, the toppings. They've got a bunch of different salsas and guacamoles and moles. And so you can just kind of you you build your own taco and they, they bring them out to you and chips and salsa and margaritas. And as we're sitting there, they the weather got nice enough that they opened up the other wall. So it's just like this nice breezy yeah. area. Like it was like eating in an outdoor mall kind of place. It was just a lot of fun and riding the scooters around, went to the underground railroad museum. Um, that was really cool. Well, it was interesting. Yeah. It, I, it wasn't cool. Of course that <laughs> there was slavery and human trafficking and Hey, Harriet Tubman was a pretty cool, that, but, pretty cool woman. Yeah, but it was an interesting place. Um, there's there's just a lot of sea to see. Uh, there's a lot of sea, a lot to, to see, see in Cincinnati. Um, yeah, we we had a really good time. We had a we had a ten course meal. It was a very expensive meal at the at a Michelin rated restaurant at the hotel. Um, all, all five stars. I don't think it's five stars. I'm not sure, but. Really fucking good, ten course meal. And as they're bringing out the the last thing, the guy we did we did the 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 ten course meal. I can't remember what it's called. And then we also did the wine pairing with it. So like for oh, every so course, they give a- you another <laughs> glass of wine. So yeah, by the end we're like, oh, yeah. this is the best food I've ever not probably gonna remember eating. And this is the big bill. Yeah, yeah, but it was it was really fucking good. It was a lot of fun. Um. I think though that my favorite part of the whole thing was just sitting around chatting with people. Yeah. Uh, it's nice to see a bunch of people that I don't get to see all that often. A bunch of people who really the only time I ever see them is at the American atheists convention. Uh, if any of you have not been to an atheist convention, I would highly recommend that you go to one next year. We'll be in Phoenix. I will be there and might just end up driving because it's actually closer. Actually, Ryan and I might be able to swing that. Yeah. One. Yeah. I think it would be awesome if, if the three of us could go. And the three of us essentially met at a convention yeah. at an yeah. Athe- American atheist convention in 2014 when they were here in Salt Lake City. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Do go. Yeah. I re-listened to our very first episode earlier today. And, Did you? And it how, was, how bad was it? Uh, it's not terrible. <laughs> it's not fantastic, but it's not terrible. We had and... no clue what the fuck we were doing. <laughs> do we, do we now? No. And it was, well, it was just interesting because, you know, we recorded that like after the convention was here Yeah, and I was on the show and then you guys decided that you wanted me to join you on a regular, on a regular basis going forward. But yeah, it was just kind of interesting that, you know, here we are starting six. season six. Yeah. And yeah, it was just, it was, it was a nice little trip down memory lane when we had, you know, one of our biggest concerns was Sarah how Palin can... being a dumbass, <laughs> you know, or how are we going to do this every week? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else happened down there? Oh, we packed 50,000 meals as, as our service project. That's a lot during the convention, dude. And so I was one of the, I went early and went through their whole deal and became like a trainer. Like they wanted me to train people 
on an assembly line for two different tables. Here's how, how to put, put the, the meals cheese. together. Yeah, they've they've got it down to a science, right? Like it's all you you put in, you know, a scoop of this, a scoop of this, this packet, seal it, you know, put the date on it, box it up, ring your bell, have somebody come and pick it up. It's all they they've got it all down really well. But um so after I trained the the people, then it, then it became my job to run around bringing more supplies to them all the time. Okay. So it's hauling like 35 pound bags of soy flour or, you know, 50 pound boxes of macaroni or, you know, all the different supplies to the thing while I'm wearing a net over my beard <laughs> and over my head for a while. I finally and, lost those because I wasn't packing sweating. food, but, and then wearing this plastic apron and it was really fucking hot in that room. And by the end of it, I was just drenched. How much weight did you lose doing that? <laughs> a lot, I'm guessing. But yeah, I was just like, you could wring sweat out of my shirt. I was, I was, I was so, yeah, running around doing a lot. And it was very warm in there, sweating a whole lot. Uh, I did get to see a bunch of people that, like I said, that I don't get to see yeah. very often. Uh, sat down with Greg Jensen for a long time one night, chatted with him for a while. Uh, some old friends that I met for the first time here in Salt Lake City, uh, Libba Murphy and her partner, Monty Vance, sat down uh, a few different times with Callie Wright. She's a lot of fun, dude. <laughs> she's a lot of fun. And she's funny. And we talked about dogs and puppies. Oh, yeah. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. I uh, got to visit with J.R. Ector, uh, Anthony Magnabosco, like I said, Matt Dillahunty, Gail Jordan. Oh, yeah. Gail Jordan is one of the nicest people I have ever met in my entire life. She just exudes warmth and compassion and love like you she you're you're drawn to her like she's just so warm and friendly and caring and giving and yeah so she's not a true atheist <laughs> <laughs> she's the executive director for recovering from religion okay and she's just so kind and uh, warm that's if if somebody said describe gail jordan in one word it would be warm she's just very, very, like you want to be around her. She's, she, there's something about her that's just magnetic and energizing and you feel, you feel better when you're around her. She's just such a good person. I really like Gail a whole lot. Um, but yeah, J.R. Ector hadn't seen him for a little while. Uh, Anthony Magnabosco finally met Eric Murphy from Talk Heathen. Mm -hmm. I had met Jamie Boone the year previously and then. <laughs> talk to talk to Eric for quite a while and he had some some love life issues also <laughs> and so Tracy and I were were kind of teasing him and he's he's showing us a picture of of this girl that he's he's hoping to date and they've been having this conversation back and forth and apparently something fell through and or or he he was trying to be he was trying well probably not trying to be he was he's he's a very modest guy and he's like oh well you know our our little show talk heathen it seems to be doing pretty well and i'm like no you guys are yeah, awesome yeah. you do a great job i think you know you and jamie both are very intelligent you speak very well you're articulate you know what you're what you want to say and you you say it very eloquently he's like oh well gosh thanks you know and and then he started talking about this girl and and that he you know they were trying to get together or whatever and and tracy's like well of course, like you're a good looking guy and, and he is Eric Murphy's a really good looking guy. He's got this nice mop of thick, curly, you know, wavy hair and, and he's, yeah, he's a good looking guy. And he, he got all embarrassed. He's like, oh, no, no, no. But it was fun. Christina Rad was there. 
Aaron, of course, was there. Yeah. Just yeah, I uh, Phil Ferguson said, you know, chatted with him for a little bit. Uh, the scathing atheist guys were there. I didn't talk to Noah very much or to Heath, um, and really didn't even talk to Eli all that much because they were they were in the exhibitors hall most okay. of the time when they weren't doing the show and whatever. Uh, the, you know, they had, they had a table where they were greeting people, and I just didn't get in there very often. Um, Dan from Thank God I'm Atheist was there. Mm-hmm. Dan Beecher. Ran into him. It was good to see somebody else from Utah there. <laughs> but I didn't get to chat with any of them very much. Eli said I should go and stop by and chat at the table for a bit, but I didn't get a chance to go and do that. But, yeah, it was just – it's a very rejuvenating, revitalizing thing. You get a little burned out, and then you get to go around – hang out with a bunch of really cool people and hear awesome talks. Gail Jordan's talk was great. Um, like I said, Jim Obergefell's, all of the, all of the talks that I attended were just really, really amazing. Uh, I'm hoping to get a bunch of those people on as guests. Uh, I, and I took my book, uh, Dr. Garcia's latest book. Yeah. I took it with me because I knew he was going to be there. And when I ran into him, I'm like, dude, I have your book here for you to sign it for me. I'm going to have to remember to go and grab it. And if I, you know, when I run into you again, have you sign it for me? He's like, Oh yeah, yeah, I'd be fine. Great. Whatever. But I didn't get a whole lot of chance to talk with him very much. And then I kept forgetting to, to grab get the, book. the book because it's up in our room and I didn't want to be carrying <laughs> it around the whole time. So I, I basically took a book that I had read to the convention to have somebody sign it and, and never fucking forgot it. the whole time and then just brought the book home. <laughs> so. I'll have to I'll have to figure out how to get him to sign it for me. Oh, Daniel Moscato showed up for okay. a day or two while we were there. Uh, it was uh, Eddie Tabash paid for everybody to attend the VIP dinner where they award awards for the year, like for Atheist Activist of the Year, uh, you know, local Atheist Group of the Year, all of that kind of stuff. And Eddie Tabosh paid for everybody to be able to attend that this year. That's so. pretty cool. That's, yeah. I would have, I, even if you hadn't told that story, I would have interjected with, uh, how sweet that guy is. He's really good. He's, I, I really like him. He's, he's, he's a total teddy bear. Like he doesn't yeah. seem like it. And when you first approach him, he's, he's really like, uh, a little bit curt, but, mm-hmm. but if you talk to him for like just a couple more seconds, you realize, oh, okay, this, that's just how he's socially like that, but he's a, he's the warmest, sweetest guy. Yeah. Yeah. I really like him. We, I can't believe we haven't had him on the show. I, I haven't actually really thought about that, but we should get him on here, especially because he had come here to Utah. I can't remember if it was before or after when the American Atheists Convention was here and spoke when the University of Utah had a good secular student alliance there. And they brought him in to talk about uh, the Supreme Court because that's that's like his biggest concern, okay. yeah. which has borne Mine out. Mine too. I yeah. Mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, his his worst fears have come to fruition. Basically, that the conservatives now have, have a, a majority, majority on the on the Supreme Court. Yeah, looking at a supermajority here. Yeah, possibly. So yeah, he he's really cool. Like I said, just I love. To see all of the people that I don't that I don't get to see very often, I ran into Mandisa. <laughs> ran into Mandisa as we're you know we're all running around from doing different things, and just ran past her as we're getting ready to go into one of the talks or out to eat or something. And I was like, oh hey, we're all gonna go to dinner later at this place. You want to go with us? And she's like, oh well, I would, you know, but. So and so wants me to go here, and so and so wants me to go there. I'm like, oh well, aren't you Miss Popular? And she's like, fuck you. No, it was fun. I I just I love hanging out with all those people. They're yeah. all just such genuinely 
great people and they're so fun to be around and you just, you feel so much better. So like I said, if you haven't been to an, an atheist convention, you should absolutely go if you get the chance. We we, um, we could do a, a podcast from the convention. We could. Yes. And I took, again, this year I took <laughs> a bunch of recording stuff and just never yeah. broke it out. So I packed like, I don't know, 20 pounds of recording equipment with me and never took it out of I mean, we could anything just, besides we could just the suitcase. Tell people like, hey, uh, there's free booze in our room. You want to come talk? <laughs> well, and this, like I said, the, the hotel was beautiful, but the the visiting area, like the lobby had a couple couches and a couple chairs, and then there was the bar and the restaurant. So you could sit in the bar, but then you got to keep ordering drinks, and yeah. that, that quickly runs up your tab. <laughs> Um, especially in a hotel. So it was nice if you could find some space in the lobby, but there wasn't much room for a lot of people to sit and hang yeah. around. But yeah, it was, it was really cool. I had a good time. Uh, we have a bunch more stuff to talk about though. That's gone on over the last month and we'll do that as soon as we come back from this little break. Okay. I'm Bryce Barkenagle. Have you ever wondered if Joseph Smith was drugging the early Mormons? Turns out it might be possible when you have a fantastic congregation that is witnessing angels floating around in the rafters and think that the temple is on fire and they're running out in the snow and writhing around on the ground naked. Yeah, as it turns out, drugs might be the best explanation. Be sure to check out my Sunstone Symposium presentation on the Joseph Smith Entheogen Theory by punching that into any YouTube browser. And thank you so much for checking that out and be sure to check out the Naked Mormonism podcast. This is the Godless Revolution. Hi there, Matt. Just to give you a heads up, I'm dead and in heaven. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Heaven isn't real. Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. All right, before we get into more newsy things. There's a couple other things that I wanted to pick your guys's brains about or things that I've noticed that I don't, I, maybe we've even talked about them on the show before. I'm not sure if we have or not. I can't remember, but it's something that occurred to me again while I was in Cincinnati. Um, the Mueller report came out mm -hmm. and of course there's all of these talking heads on the Sunday news programs and they're all, you know, quote unquote devout Christians who are working on a Sunday. Okay. And the thought occurred to me, well, why is it okay that, you know, they're not supposed to be working on the Sabbath, Yeah, but they are working on the Sabbath. So they'll make that compromise as far as their religion goes so that they can promote whatever narrative they want. They'll make that compromise. But what they won't compromise on is being a better fucking human being especially to other human beings, you know, they'll come on the news on Sunday to talk about denigrating the LGBTQ community, to talk about denigrating immigrants, to talk about, you know, all of these various threats that they see around yeah. them while they're working on the Sabbath and being a shitty human being. Why is it that they'll hmm. compromise that bit of their theology and that bit of their religion just to go out there and be a shitty person? It, it was something that, I recognized while we were in Cincinnati and it bothered me like Kellyanne Conway on the news. I was like, fucking why yeah. the fuck is she still around? Why is she a thing? I'm not sure that you are reaching out to the right audience to 
get feedback for this. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, as you were saying that, I thought, you know, pastors almost exclusively work only on Sundays, you know. Oh, that's true. But, yeah, I, but I, I don't know that I can explain this. I used to, back when I was being raised Mormonish, I used to get so frustrated and ask my mom all the time, well, what about like Steve Young? He only works on Sundays yeah, and he's a Mormon supposedly. Yeah. What, mm-hmm. why is that okay for him? And not, you know, I have to do all this other weird shit on Sunday <laughs> money <laughs> because you're not a sports hero. Yeah. Well, well, I would say a little bit of it's money and a little bit of it's your, your status there. Yeah. They, they would, they would forgive him for playing football on Sundays because he's a Mormon. That's very public. And he pays a shitload of and tithing. He pays a shitload. Of, well, not just the, the tithing, but being able to say, "Hey, look, that man is a Mormon, and look how awesome he is at this sport." Yeah, but then you, I would still have the follow up question of, "Well, why? But why is he working on a? Why is he working on a Sunday? Why is he willing to compromise that bit of his religion?" But a lot of these other people aren't willing to compromise in ways that would make them a better person and make things better for other people also. Well, I would say to that, how how actual hardcore are they into their religion? Well, and maybe part of it is that they think that they'll compromise on this bit of their religion in order pr- to promote a wider narrative of their religion that says that, you know, homos are bad and they shouldn't be able to have the same rights as everybody else and immigrants are bad. They shouldn't have the same rights as everybody else. Well, another interesting thing is just the fact that they're compromising at all. You know, uh, if you if you hold those beliefs that there's an Omnimax God who not only authored all of these these rules for whatever reason, but that he's not even allowed to be questioned about it, right? Which is their big complaint against atheists is that, well, who are you to say God this or that or whatever, right? Mm. But yet, now you're doing it. You're saying that it's okay for you to break this. No, it fucking isn't. Mm-hmm. Who are you? Mm-hmm. He said, you don't get to do this. Ted Cruz can't campaign on Sundays. Who is religious, by the way, for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, but yet he did, I I think. I actually don't know that for sure. Maybe he did not, but. uh, Well, for him, like if he would go and do something at a church, is that still considered Going against those morals of campaigning. Is he going to church or is he, or is he, or going to church and delivering a campaign message while he's working? Yeah, that's work. Well, but but I don't know. I don't know how they can. I I wonder that every Sunday when I try to go do shopping and there's a whole line of people in front of me in suits and ties (laughs) and I want to fucking stab every one of them. (laughs) These are rules you've adopted for yourself. Now follow them. Yeah. I go out on Sunday because I don't want to see you. I want to not be around you people. And here you are fucking up my Sunday where you shouldn't be doing this. You should be living up to the rules that you've set that you try to enforce on everybody else. But you're breaking them in order to satisfy whatever fucking need you think you have and inconveniencing everybody else who didn't want to see your religious fucking ass out here on a Sunday. Yes. Well, when we change our, our work schedule when I was working at Hill to two on, three off, mm. it rotates. Like mm. we every week, like like the day I never worked was Wednesday. So we always did the podcast on Wednesday because I always had Wednesdays off. Mm. So each group has one day they never work. So one group has Sunday, which is the day they never work. Mm-hmm. Guess what? You, that's what, the that's the religious brigade. That's that that was that was the Mormon group. <laughs> like each group had a nickname. And oh yeah, they got nicknamed the Mormon group. <laughs> were they in fact all Mormons? Yes, yeah. because they were all the ones that wanted to be in the that that per, that put down like, hey, I want that group for so I can go to church. Yeah, 
<laughs> every Sunday. Oh, that's sad. Now, granted, there's at least one shift where they'll be getting off on Sunday morning, uh-huh. but still, they had the the day off. Do you have any Mormons in your group? Like no, like like religious so, or or people who are ostensibly Mormon, so but work on a Sunday, and maybe it's their little way of getting out of church on a Sunday. Well, there's there's I mean, there's a couple of Mormons that I work with. Uh-huh. They're not very like, yeah, hey, I'm Mormon. Uh, they're good guys. Yeah. Uh, but my actual uh platoon, uh, there's one guy that is in there that was that used to be Mormon. He's a, the the young guy. He's twenty eight, twenty nine. Uh, and he talks more and more about being like, yeah, that stuff is fucking bullshit. So you say he used to be Mormon. He used to be Mormon. He grew up Mormon in Springville, uh, Uh, grew up Mormon, had been Mormon his whole life. And him and his wife kind of got to the point where like, I don't think we believe in this stuff. Yeah. Uh, he's got tattoos and stuff now and everything. Uh, he still doesn't drink, but he's even like mentioned actually like two or three shifts ago mentioned like, Hey, you know, I would be interested to have a drink maybe sometime i said i just don't know what i'm doing i just don't i don't know what I'm, pretty much and i yeah. said hey if you want to try anything let me know mm-hmm. like i can make a cocktail that won't be overly like straight daddy duffy got what you need well but at, at the same time being <laughs> like i would be able to make you a drink that won't put you off from wanting to have another one right away but also i wouldn't let you get fucked up yeah like i won't let you get drunk like yeah. if you wanted to try and have a drink, I can make you a drink that'd be like something like, oh yeah, I could I could like this. I could probably have it. And I'd be like, okay, now don't have more than fucking five of these. <laughs> because like we've heard about it because I know like the Postmo group mm. used to do, they probably still do it, do like drinking classes to tell yeah. people like, hey. This is how to adult This is how to like yeah. drink properly. Not like you're a fucking frat boy. Yeah. But like you're an adult to be able to ha- actually have and enjoy a drink these are different kinds of alcohols, different kinds of flavors, you know, different kind of stuff. This is how you can make a drink. And this is how you keep yourself from getting really fucked up. Mm-hmm. Don't drink 10 of these in one hour. It'll hit you. And give yourself later a little on. bit of time between, between drinks. Drink, drink, some, drink water. some water. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, here's how to drink responsibly. Yeah. Not go and become a fucking raging alcoholic. Yeah. Or a binge drinker. Or a binge drinker. Yeah. Like, like, you can drink and be healthy with, about it. Yeah. You can be Itch. responsible yeah. about it. Yeah. I don't, I, yeah, yeah. If you drink way too much, yeah, it's not going to be good for you. It's bad for your liver. It's bad for your driver's license. <laughs> it's, it's bad for a few <laughs> can things. Can be. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, being able to actually say, yeah, I want to have an adult drink. Mm-hmm. I like whiskey. At one point, I probably drank way too much whiskey. Oh, I know. I've drank <laughs> way too much whiskey. I mean, th- there were, there were times you'd be like, hey, I got a, Half gallon of Jameson. Well, that's gone. (laughs) (laughs) How did that happen? I don't remember. I don't remember. (laughs) But it's gone. I've had years like that. Uh, I mean, nights like that. Sure. But I mean, so yeah, I've worked worked with some people that were Mormon before, Mm -hmm. got out of it. Uh, At Hill, there were people that were more- Escaped. Escaped. At Hill, there were guys that were like horrible Mormons to the point where- if we had like the Simpsons on in in the kitchen, like we're eating dinner, like the Simpsons are on, you know, just like the news got left on Simpsons are there. Mm. That would literally walk in and demand the channel be changed. <sighs> or if a Sports Illustrated like swimsuit edition or a Maxim was on the countertop, they would demand that, that that they don't have to see that and remove it from the room. 
Oh my god! It's pornography. Grow the fuck up. Yeah. Jesus. And that was the same guy that I walked into the training room. I'm like, what the what the hell are we doing in here? He's like, get out of here. I'm like, what? Go stop cussing. I'm like, fuck you. That's pretty much. I think I, I think my next word was like, what the fuck did I say? <laughs> And then he got really mad. <laughs> Did I tell you guys? <laughs> I had a buddy who used to work on base. Uh, he he was, actually worked out at the Air National Guard. And he he told me one day that, you know, there was a guy that he worked with who was very, very LDS. And he said, you know, we're a bunch of fucking mechanics working at Utang. Yeah. And so, of course, there's, you know, a bunch of cursing and stuff. Oh, yeah. and, and one day this this mormon bishop who also works with them at, at the air guard they're all working doing whatever just you know using their regular colorful language that they use as adults who yes say words that they, they make sounds with their mouths that other people find offensive yeah and the, you know so it was like hey fuck this fuck that hey hand me that goddamn over there <laughs> you know all that kind of stuff and i guess this guy finally piped up and he's like hey you know i really would like it if you guys wouldn't curse so much and my buddy's like, that just makes him do it more. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> he's like, that right there. Don't say that. And he's like, what fuck? Yeah. You can't say that. Well, like, what I words just... can I say? Well, you know, you guys say a bunch of curse words that I'm, that I'm, you know, I feel really uncomfortable and you guys, I really would like it if you would stop. And he's like, okay, so are you talking about all curse words? And he's like, well, some are okay. And, like, and, well, and my, buddy's are okay? Like, my buddy's like, well, you're religious, right? So I can say like, damn and hell. Uh, what else? He's like, can I say shit? No, that's bad. <laughs> uh, can I say cunt? So I'm, <laughs> that's it. That's where it's we're, going? We're, it's going there. Oh, oh shit. So <clears throat> she's like, okay, so I can say hell and I can say damn. Cause you, you hear those in, in some churches. Uh, what about shit? No, that's bad. Uh, what about fuck? No, that one's really bad. Uh, okay. What about bitch? Mm, that one's kind of iffy because <laughs> you can say that about a dog and be technically correct. He's like, th- and he starts listing off all of these words. He's like, fuck, fucker, you know, piss, shit, asshole. Just having fun with it. Yeah. Like just like trying to get this guy a little bit riled up. And then, you know, as they're going through this long list, my buddy said, I, I was getting a little frustrated. And so finally I'm just like, all right, what about cunt? Can I say cunt? <laughs> and he said, the guy kind of stopped for a second. He looked like he's thinking about it. And he's like, yeah, that one's okay. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Why would he say that? Why would he say that that one's okay? Uh, and he's like, honestly, I don't think he'd ever heard it before, he and he had no meant. idea what it was. <laughs> he probably thought he just made it up on the spot. He's like, mm, yeah, that one's okay. Wow. <laughs> or he's like, just fucking... so misogynistic that. Oh, that could be. I, I, I had a take of like, how fucking sheltered has this guy been yeah, all his entire that. life? And either one of those is easily b- believable for a Mormon yeah. in Utah. Yeah. It was just See, mom, Mormon said cunt is okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that comes from a bishop, no less, yes. in the LDS church. Mm-hmm. Um, but so along those lines of, you know, why, why do religious people compromise on different things? Uh, and, after having that conversation with the woman in the fountain square yeah. where I was like, why are you so fucking arrogant? I came home and it had just been bothering me and I hadn't had this cathartic exercise of, you know, talking, yelling into microphones with you guys for a couple <laughs> hours for like a month. And well, for a few weeks at the time that I wrote this post out on Facebook and it was, it, it just got to the point where 
I, I, we were out doing something and, and ran into some other religious something or other. And so I just, I made this post on Facebook where I said, I'm really fucking tired of religious people who claim that atheists are arrogant because unlike their religious counterparts, and I made this, I started making this list of, you know, atheists don't claim to have a personal relationship with the vice God of the universe or his father. Uh, we don't believe that a powerful Omnimax being gives even a single shit about who is having sex or with whom they're doing it. Atheists don't say God has a perfect plan. Everything happens for a reason, or I know God exists and that he loves me. Atheists don't offer intercessory magic spells in the form of prayer to ask that the creator of the fucking universe (laughs) change his perfect plan for little old me. And atheists don't claim to know the desires and intentions of an invisible sky wizard. In fact, we point out repeatedly that a perfect being would have no desire. A perfect being would need, would have no needs, no wants, no desires, nothing. Atheists aren't the one who treat our lives and the people in them as doormats spread on the threshold to eternity. And then I just wrote that I could go on, but wanted other people to comment. Because it just fucking bothers me a lot when when religious people say that, oh, atheists are so arrogant turning away from God. And I'm like, we're not the ones claiming to speak for the fucking thing that, that you, you worship. Yeah. That you think is all powerful and yet somehow still needs your dumb ass to come and tell me that I'm doing wrong. Fuck you. Have him come and talk to me. I don't want to talk to a middle manager. Like, fuck off. Tell the boss to come and talk to me. Yeah, I mean, they're essentially claiming that they're royalty. They're all princes and princesses. Mm-hmm. They're children of God. Yeah, I can I can speak for the most high because I know, I know I'm special and that he wants me to talk to you. Fuck you. And Tell if, him to come and talk to me himself. And if he's talking and, to you, and, something's wrong. Yeah, and and it's not just, it's not just that. It's that all of that's surface level arrogance for sure. But then if you start asking more questions, most of them will never get beyond. I know for sure this is true. I know for a fact where an atheist is much, much more likely to hedge Mm -hmm. and say, well, this is the best available at this time. Or, you know, this is, this is the way that uh, that current thinking uh, is going or whatever, you know? Yeah. That woman that I was talking to in fountain square, she did that to me. I know that it happened because I had this personal experience and I'm like, no, you think something happened. I'm like, I'm not doubting at all that you had an experience that you're now attributing to being this spiritual, you know, otherworldly encounter with a supreme being. I don't, I don't have any doubt that that's yeah. what you believe. I've been like, yeah, listen, lady, we've all done drugs. <laughs> I said, oh, well, I kind of went down there. <laughs> like I said, I don't, I don't have any doubt that that's what you believe, but I don't think you have any good reason to believe that. And you can't give me any good reason why I should believe. Yeah in that same thing. I'm like, why are you, why are you so special? I said, this is part of the arrogance of you coming here and talking to me. You think that you are so special that God has this relationship. He chose you to have this special relationship and communicate with you. Why are you so special? What makes you so arrogant to think that God would talk to you? Why do you believe that? Well, I just know that he exists and that he loves me. And I've had this personal experience. I'm like, I don't fucking care about any of that. Tell me why I should believe that any of that is true. Well, because God is who he is. And the Bible says this and that. I'm like, why should I believe anything that the Bible says? Because it's the word of God. How do you know that? Because God talked to me. How do you know that? (laughs) 
I'm like, there are people in mental institutions who say the same thing you're saying. There are people of other faiths who say the same thing you're saying. Are they wrong or are you wrong? Because you can't both, both be right. Yeah. And how do we know then who is right? Well, you just have to have faith. And I'm like, they have faith also. This is the arrogance I'm fucking talking about. I was, I got really mad. <laughs> I got really mad and I had to just walk away. I was like, all right, fuck it. I'm done. Go the fuck away. Yeah. Well, the other thing I hate with bringing up the whole faith thing and Dillahunty brings it up a lot too, because people always say to them, well, well, you have faith in this as well. You have faith that the sun will rise tomorrow. You have, you have faith, faith that, that the chair isn't going to break if you yeah. sit down. You atheists have a lot of faith. Yeah. yeah. It's like, no, it's not, it's not the same kind of Faith. Yeah, we're talking well, about in, two different in, things. Yeah. in that sense. Yeah, we do. We have the same amount of faith you have, but you, it's not just, just because you believe in God doesn't mean you don't have that kind of faith. Now mm -hmm. you still do. Mm -hmm. And guess why we believe that our chair is going to hold science. Well, and experience. And experience. Well, yeah, no, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But a long track record of every time I've sat on this chair so far, it hasn't broken on me. I don't see that there's been any defects. The last time I sat in it, it should be fine today. Yeah. The sun rose yesterday. It's been rising for millennia. I'm pretty sure it's going to come up tomorrow. Yeah, and that's not really the that's not that's not the same kind of faith as yeah a, it's it's yeah they they try to weasel that in there it's a different kind of faith yeah. than believing in something that has no proof for it yeah they try to they try to get weasley with their words yeah. and definitions and piss me off when they do that <laughs> which is why you need definitions uh -huh. words have meanings Ooh, well sometimes I mean they have they have the value that we give them right and and those or, well, those meaning, values and meanings change over time or can and but I mean they have to have meaning in order for us to have a conversation understand what the other person is saying yeah. if we both say words and neither of us know what the meaning of those words are we aren't really having yeah a it's like you're speaking a different language yeah. with each other which is why a lot of time during debates they'll start out with when I say this this is this what, is I, what mean. I mean yeah right so and that which way is, you're on which the is same... the way to go right yeah so so that you know. When I say this, this is what I mean. Like I use this word to represent these this, values yeah. or this idea. So that way you don't get the wrong idea right. about what's going on. And we can make sure that we're both talking about the, the same, same thing. thing. Yeah. Yep. 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 Uh, what was, there was one more thing. Oh, I had a, I had a atheism one-on-one discussion. We talked a few episodes ago about. Yeah. Me playing Golf Clash, the silly little game on my phone, and leaving the clan that I was in because were it was bigots and yeah, sexist and racist. Yeah. And I was not happy about it. And in that game, my my name in the game is just atheist. And I don't do it because I want to like rub it in people's faces or I want to be edgy or anything like that. It's so that other people that I encounter We'll have an encounter with somebody who is an atheist. They can't, they can't walk away from a game that I've played with them and say that they've never met an atheist. They don't know anybody who's an atheist. They never had an encounter with an atheist. And I try to be as nice as possible as I can in the game. Yeah. Because then they can see, Oh, I played this guy. I beat him and he was still like, Oh, thanks. That was fun. Have a good day. Good luck. You yeah. know, good game, whatever. He didn't, he didn't throw Satan at me. Yeah. It wasn't all poop emojis and, <laughs> and you're yeah. good. And then, you know, a, a, a roll, eye roll or whatever. Like I had a, I had a decent encounter with an atheist and, and so that other people can see that somebody's out there who's not only open about who, who's not only an atheist, but isn't afraid to be open about being an atheist, yeah. that you can be an open atheist and you can do it wherever you want. Mm -hmm. You can do it in a stupid fucking golf game for, <laughs> for what it's worth. And so just in playing the game, I joined a new clan of, of really cool people. 
and um, I was posting a, a replay of a shot that I'd made, and I was like, check this shot out, whatever. And one of the people in there was like, hey, A. They usually just refer to me as A instead okay. of having to type out atheist. Hey, A, uh, just wanted to let you know, uh, I, I think I'm agnostic. And so then I was like, okay, here's quick atheism 101. <laughs> and I went up to my computer and, and logged in and started typing because it was just too difficult on yeah. my phone. But I held this like little atheism 101 course <laughs> in, in our little game. And I explained, you know, the difference between Gnosticism and agnosticism and theism and atheism and that you can be an agnostic theist or an agnostic yeah. atheist or a Gnostic theist or a Gnostic atheist. And I said, really, I don't put much into the the notion of being a Gnostic yeah. theist or atheist. I said, as far as, as I'm concerned, you know, everybody's agnostic about anything because the whole thing is, you know, basically unprovable. But when it comes to the claims of any God that I've been presented with, I am a Gnostic atheist in that I know that the claims being made are mutually exclusive. They're contradictory. They can't, they can't exist at the same time, which therefore renders the description or definition of this God logically impossible. And so then I know that that God can't possibly exist with all of the various claims about them, blah, blah, blah. Went back and forth there. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, how's things there in Utah? It's got to be a little rough. And I said, well, I'd rather be an atheist here than somewhere in the Bible Belt. And he's like, oh, yeah, tell me about it. I'm a I can't remember if he said he was a preacher's kid or a pastor's oh, kid. Either um, way. Yeah, either either way. It was, it was one of the clergy persons. He's a, he's a clergy person's progeny. And I was like, oh, that's got to be a little rough. And he's like, yeah, yeah, it's been a little rough, but uh, yeah, whatever. And and I explained, you know, that I had served on the board for Atheists of Utah for several years. And I'm the state director here in Utah for American Atheists. And that we have a fairly popular podcast where we talk about atheism. And uh, he said, oh, yeah, what is it? And I said, Godless Revolution. And then he came back and said, oh, yeah, latest episode is whatever. <laughs> and. And I said, yeah. And he's like, okay, well, I subscribed. I'll have to check out a few episodes. Nice. So, hi, Ace Face. <laughs> <laughs> Did he say how old he was? If he was like, younger or older? Or... Uh, he didn't. Ryan, you already have a, a significant other. <laughs> I wasn't looking for a date. I was just wondering if he was, if, you know, if he was younger and he maybe. I know. You know we know what you what you're into, but <laughs> <laughs> Matt, we keep secrets around here. <laughs> But, uh, so yeah, so we may have a, a new listener there. Yeah. Um, so it just shows that you can have people ask you questions anywhere when you're open about it and have an actual good conversation and it might help someone out of a Speaking spot. of listeners, did I, did I, I have it in the notes, but I don't know if I covered it, that, that Brandy Hemrick and her oh, partner. I saw that. Yeah. You guys met, you guys met yeah, up with them. Yeah. yeah they, they, oh, that's awesome. Cool. Yeah. She fucking, her and Sam. Oh yeah. They live in West Virginia, I believe. Yeah, yeah, somewhere over there, yeah. So they, they, uh, Sam owns a record shop. Yep. And they drove around, they, they go record to record shop. Or days, go hunting? Looking for different records and yeah. stuff. And so they drove into Cincinnati to, to come and visit with me. And we had some drinks one night with, you know, it was when we were there with Callie and a bunch of other people from the convention. And, yeah, Brandy and Sam stopped by and yeah. brought me a cool T-shirt. Yeah, I saw that. I thought that was pretty cool. And and sat and visited for a while. They're both really, really nice people. Like, just super genuinely nice all of, people. All of the people that listen to the show are. <laughs> well, I haven't Probably. had any bad interactions with anybody that listens to our show. Yeah, yeah, I haven't either. Like, most of all of it's been on Facebook. Yeah. But yeah, I haven't we've, had we've any. We've got some cool listeners, man. Yeah. 
but yeah, she was, she was really, really cool. I, I liked chatting with them and it was one of those things where, you know, even after we finished drinks and whatever and they've got to go, they had been running late. I guess there was a vehicle fire oh. as they were trying to get there that delayed them for a little while. And then they, of course they've got to drive all the yeah. way back and, but we had a hard time saying goodbye. Like, <laughs> you know, we finish, we pay the bill, we walk outside, we're still chatting, kind of walking and we're trying to separate and there's like, Oh, Hey, and one other thing. And Oh, and what about this? And, <laughs> It was just a lot of fun chatting with them. So thank you very much, Brandy yeah, and, and awesome. Sam, for coming out to visit. That was that was awesome. I was very, very happy to to finally meet you guys in person. Hopefully you can make it out to Phoenix next year or sometime here to my place and you can come <laughs> and be on the show with us. But yeah, I really like the shirt. <laughs> so the shirt, I wasn't sure what the design on it is. It's a, uh, it's their it's their their dog is in it. Yeah. And then it's a man and a woman. And they are both in some kind of costume and it's just a black outline, right? And the guy has one leg cocked like Captain Morgan style. Yeah. And there's these two things hanging between his leg. <laughs> and I didn't notice it at first. And then we went to the, I, I wore it when we went to the uh, Underground Railroad Museum. And the lady behind the counter was like, oh, it's a cool shirt. And I was like, oh, thanks. And Tracy, Tracy points at it and she's like, yeah, but I'm not sure what these things are. <laughs> and she points to the things dangling between the guy's leg. And I'm like, I think it's just part of the costume. I'm not entirely like, it's, it's like a bolo something uh, or other. I'm not entirely sure what it is. And the, and the lady behind the counter started giggling. She's like, yeah, I'm not sure what it is either. <laughs> and then the next, like we get home and I have, I'm, I'm playing music on my phone and it, I use Google play music because mm -hmm. I have a subscription, whatever. So. I'm <laughs> so I'm playing music and I just happened to do like classic, classic rock. And I can't remember fucking the name of the band, but the, the band for this shirt pulls up and it's, it's so basically they took cover art from an album where it's, excuse me, it's, it's this guy and the woman on the cover of the album. And then they added their dog to it. And I was like, Oh, that's what it is. So I took a screenshot and I sent it to Tracy. And I'm like, I have the answer. Here's what it is. And well, what, what, what were they? Well, it's, it's a album cover. Oh, and it's just, yeah, it's just part of the costume. Okay. I don't, I don't know exactly what it is, but yeah. So thank you very much, Brandy. It was a pleasure <laughs> to meet you and Sam. It was, it was awesome. And Brandy's hair is super soft. Like I, I hugged her and I was like, and I didn't say anything, but at the time I was thinking, oh, wow, your hair is really soft. I just want to run my fingers through it. I didn't want to be all creepy. So, so I did She probably wanted to rub her fingers through your beard, too, so don't worry. Maybe. I don't know. But they were both really super cool. That's awesome. Hey, gang. This is Jack Materko from For Infernal Use Only and the Naked Diner Podcast, and you are listening to The Godless Revolution. I've got a good feature for you. No, you haven't. Rude. You haven't even heard it yet. No need. Crystals. Told you. The healing power. <laughs> They're bullshit. You're so narrow-minded. No. You don't believe in anything. Yes, I do. Thought you were atheist. Yeah, it doesn't mean I don't believe in anything, does it? It means I don't believe in any god. How can you not believe in god? Which one? What do you mean? Well, uh, Zeus. Who? Greek god. Or Ra or Ganesh. No, not those ones. The real one in the Bible. Yahweh. Just God. Well, you know how you don't believe in all those other gods I mentioned? That's how I don't believe in yours. How can you not believe that someone created all this, though? Why do you believe that someone created it all? Because it's so good. Can't just be chance, can it? What, the Big Bang? 
Everything came from nothing. That's impossible. You're right. God did it. Right. So, where did God come from? He's always been around. There you go. Easy, isn't it? You and the Godless Revolution will be reassimilated in three, two, one. So, what you got for us, Matt? Well, uh, recently I have been getting into, I go through phases with drawing and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I've been experimenting a little bit with paleo art. What's paleo art? Well, it's uh, pretty much what it sounds like. It's uh, extinct creatures that we know about from fossils. Oh, I thought it was part of the diet. Like you just drew like people on the paleo diet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just do, uh, I just do portraits of people who are on the paleo diet. Yeah, I mean, you just draw their before and after pictures when they're on paleo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so extinct animals. Um, just, you know, I guess there are there are ways to to attempt to make it more or less accurate, that kind of thing. Like, uh, like we know that we know cert- that certain groups of dinosaurs would have at least had some kind of fuzz or feather like structure whatever mm-hmm. and rather than the reptilian yeah skin mm-hmm. um stuff like that uh it's been interesting and uh i've come across a lot of other interesting stuff in trying to research for certain creatures and uh one of those things is the late permian extinction event and the Cy- siberian traps volcano do you guys know about this thing i think i remember you mentioning something about that last time we were recording I don't know about this thing. Did I? Or maybe I know. Did I do this one already? You didn't do this, but I think I remember you talking about how cool this place was where all these fossils were found in the lairs. Oh, no, this is not that. Okay. This is something else. Hmm. Um, So to give this some context, I'm going to compare to a well-known modern volcano, modern 1883. Okay. uh, Krakatoa. Yeah. It was located in Lampung, Indonesia. And Krakatoa's most infamous eruption happened on the 26th of August that year, 1883. The eruption lasted for nearly a full day before 70% of the island collapsed. Yeah. The pressure wave generated by the explosion radiated out from Krakatoa at 675 miles an hour. The eruption was estimated to have reached 310 decibels, loud enough to be heard clearly 3,100 miles away. Holy shit. Is is that loud enough to collapse a lung? Everyone, maybe everyone within 40 miles had their eardrums blown out. I believe it. Damn. And uh, as a result of the ash and gas emissions, the global climate was chaotic for years and temperatures were affected until at least 1888. Wow. So that's. Have you, have you seen the video of the, of the volcano exploding? It's like filmed from a boat and there's people who are on a boat in a bay and this volcano explodes in the distance and you can see the mountain explode and they're sitting there all they're all like wow whoa and a couple seconds go by and then the, the shockwave yeah. blast and sound hits them and like the camera shakes and i was like just, so i can only imagine how loud and yeah crazy that would have been i want to see the video yeah <laughs> we'll, now. we'll, we'll, we'll look yeah. for it yeah. after yeah. so the siberian trap uh which is the likely the most likely culp culprit for the greatest extinction event that earth has ever seen um was 250 million years ago so quarter of a billion years ago okay um it that's when it started and it continued erupting not for a day like krakatoa but for two 
million years. What? Two million years yep. just spewing that's stuff out. From, yep. That's a big globe zit. With a lar- <laughs> with a with a flow large enough to cover the entire United States a mile deep in lava. Wow. So what continent did it create? Russia. Really? That's not a continent, but it created it's a massive like- landmass. It's a huge landmass. Yeah, it's like a it's it's like a in some places it's three or four miles deep of of this volcanic rock. Vol- vol- yeah. Wow. And then there was another kilometer on top of that of just ash from it. Hmm. Um, it resulted in the extinction of 90 to 96% of all species on Earth. Wow. Over the years leading into the mass extinction, the oceans gradually became more acidic, resulting in loss of shelly carbonate producing animals and leaving seabeds dominated by sponges for a time before the oceans became too toxic for them. The terrestrial extinction happened at the same time as acid rain fell and global temperatures soared some 10 degrees Celsius, the average. Um, as the seas warmed, they became starved of oxygen. The reason why they do is because the the currents that move up into northern waters grab highly oxygenated cold water. Yep. And, and then as they come back down, that drops down to the deep ocean mm-hmm. because of its density. And it, and it oxygenates and cools that whole bottom part of the ocean that keeps everything going. But when the temperatures wrote, when the temperature of the earth is risen, that flow stops. There's, there's not any longer, there's no longer cold water to drop down underneath. Mm. So everything stagnates. The ocean doesn't get oxygenated mm. and, um, and all the microbes that rely on that die. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, it actually be, becomes, gets taken over by other microbes that release bad stuff like uh, hydrogen sulfide and other stuff we don't want to have in our atmosphere. Hmm. Um, uh, as the seas warmed and became, became starved for oxygen, uh, even the worms that burrowed in the seabed disappeared in the fossil record and temperatures remained high well into the Triassic. And it took 10 million years for biodiversity to recover. Jesus. After it wiped out all, almost all life, and then it took another ten, 10 million, million years, years before rebuild. we see before before we see another uh, sufficiently wide variety of animal life again, or, yeah. or of of life. Period. Yeah. Um, so, but, yeah, this is all fascinating stuff. Yeah, what the fuck was God doing? <laughs> Right? That's what I was thinking. Did he did he look away for a quick three million years? And he's like, oh, <laughs> shit, fucking Siberia. It went. Uh, or why did he put it there in the first place? Or did he not know that was going to happen? Or what? What happened there? Ah, that giant globe well, cyst blew. Now everything's fucked. Yeah. Was, were the animals a mistake? Or was the volcano a mistake? I mean, but that always makes me, me wonder a little bit, too. With like, How dare you question God? The uh, <laughs> the The little plant life. The little microbes and that that create the oxygen from the water and mm-hmm. feed on stuff. You know, if they all died off, like, did they evolve again from another animal, or did they? Well, there were still there were still some four percent of life remaining. That's, that's insane. One one of those lines eventually became the mammals, obviously. So, there's that. That's wild, man. Yeah, and uh, you know, and. At that time, like during the Permian, which is so fucking long ago, it's crazy, but things were weird looking like there's, there's similar forms. Like you, you see patterns over and over again when you start yeah. going back through all these epochs, you know, because hmm. like I'm going everywhere from the Pleistocene, which is just 10,000 years ago, 
all the way back to the Permian, which is 252 million years ago. Mm. And that's a lot of shit that we have off fossils for, but you see all this, uh, convergent evolution happening. The same sorts of forms show up like pterodons or, uh, you know, pterosaurs and bat wings and stuff that are so similar, but yet not even the same kingdom of animals or, uh, the Gorgonopsids in the Permian were the first group to have, um, uh, saber, uh, canines. Well, I mean, and then that came up in felines and then again in marsupials. If, if it works really evolutionary weird. for one species, yeah. there's no reason why it wouldn't work evolutionary for another species. Yeah, exactly. And you would you would think that if everything was created individually by a god who knows everything, he wouldn't have to repeat stuff. Mm-hmm. But evolution definitely would do that because that's what's worked in those niches before. And yeah. so He's not infinitely once... creative. <laughs> 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 okay, so he's not Omnimax, I guess. Uh, he's as creative as he can be. You can only do well, the same deal over and over again. But yeah. isn't creativity a subset of knowledge? Um, I suppose so. I mean, you would have to have knowledge of certain, or 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 maybe it, maybe there's a Venn diagram between knowledge and power to be able to create, think, and do. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, that's an interesting question. That's where I, I I'd seen. I think I, we talked about it when uh, Megan was here. Where, where when they find societies that have more art, where, they, where they're able to be more creative, they find that those societies also were able to, they were able to be more creative because they had more access to food sources and were more comfortable. They had more they time did, available. They had more time them. available yeah, yeah, to, yeah. to spend on like, right. not wasting time, but it's like, hey, I got enough time and resources. I got you, enough food and stuff here. I can paint. Yeah, I you're, can create you, art. I can think. I don't have to spend all the of box. my time foraging for yeah. food or shelter. Your Maslow needs are taken care of, so you can yeah. you can you do can other have stuff. recreational time, yeah. leisure time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that was anyway. That was interesting. I thought that is very interesting. I like that. There's a little game. Uh oh. I like games. I always lose. It's called uh. So it'll be, it'll be checked all that apply. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, so, uh, whichever, whichever traits you think would apply to a successful religious leader. Ooh. Um, frequently demeans, intimidates, bullies, or belittles others. Mm. Now, it, it, so tell me the object of the game. Are, is this like it's, we need to just decide: is this good for a religious leader or not? Or it's, it, or is this a trait that we is see it a trait? Yeah, is it a trait leaders? that you see commonly in religious leaders? Yes, successful religious leaders. Okay, so this one, I'd say yes. You'd say yes to that. Yes. Okay. What about you, Ryan? I almost want to say no. Okay. Because like when you see like the mega church leaders, you don't see them belittling their congregation and stuff. They're trying to well, give no, them like a that's, false. That's part of their tribe, but they're going to. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, they're going to talk about all them homos and the non-believers mm-hmm. and yeah. I, yeah. I guess I, that's, that's what happens. I see that. They, and they do that in order to create a sense of community among the tribe that's there, right? Like we need to protect ourselves from yeah. the others. So they other a bunch of people. I'm still going to say no. Okay. All right. You're X- wrong. XY, I, 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 I agree with you, but I'm also, I'm, I'm still going to say no. Just because you're a contrarian? <laughs> not because I'm a contrarian, because inside their tribe, they're not being 
mean and vindictive to the people that are in their tribe that make them successful and give them the money in order to prosper. Hmm. Exploits okay. others without guilt or shame. Yes. Exploits others without guilt or shame. They don't feel bad about it. They no, think, yeah, yeah, I can see yeah. that. Because even like the the people that are, when they ask for like I need I need a I need you to tie the thousand dollars from my plane, they think they still mm-hmm. think they're doing fucking God's work. They don't mm-hmm. give a fuck how poor you are. Yeah. A uh, sense of entitlement. Yes. Yeah. Because I am I am one of God's chosen the chosen people. one. Yep. You're superior to everyone else because you have the word and you are the one delivering the word. Mm-hmm. Needs constant praise and admiration. That one I would say isn't necess- isn't necessary, but I see it a lot. I-, I would go with depending on the level of the clergy person. Like if you're a small town preacher, I don't think they really they might be a little more humble about it. The bigger the the Sometimes, bigger the preacher, yeah. I would say the less humble they are about shit. The mega church people yeah. and the prosperity gospel. Yeah, they're they're they they're not and... fucking humble about their that shit at all. Yeah. Well, and I mean, even the LDS church leadership. Yeah, they're not very. They're, they think they're pretty hot. Yeah, shit. yeah. So. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Grandiose sense of self-importance. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Can I can I put a double check mark on that one? Sure. Because you need them to get to the fucking mm-hmm. pearly gates. God sent me as his yeah. emissary to tell you what the fuck is going on. Uh, lives in a fantasy world that supports well, their delusions of grandeur. Of fucking uh, course. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So. Did we just describe Hitler or something? That's, a, <laughs> that's, that's an 11 out of a possible 12. Uh-huh. Uh, for the symptoms of narcissistic personality disorder. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Makes sense. It actually yeah. does because those are the types of people that would naturally want to push themselves into positions like yeah. that mm-hmm. because they already start, start out by thinking that they deserve it. They're better than everybody else. Mm-hmm. They should be in charge. Uh, yeah. So I'm the person you should be listening to. Right. I have the authority. God has vested this authority in me as his chosen person. Whether they believe that or not, doesn't even matter. They yeah. know that that's a way that they can use other people to get the admiration they do want. Mm. You know, and if, uh, if any of you out there, like you see Trump doing walking around, like holding up a Bible, I love yeah. this, this right here. I love this, this right, right here. I'm going to sleep with it under my pillow and sign it. It's, uh, it's the best, best Bible ever. Do you guys watch uh different shades of America? With uh, Kamal Bell? No. Oh, it's a good one. Yeah? It's on CNN. I like the Kamal. Uh, this last, se- the this newest season just started, and the very mm. first episode is on mega churches. Oh, yeah? Whose mega church does he visit, or does he visit several? Uh, He visited two, the really, really, like, old scenes. I don't think they're going to fucking let him in. Yeah. But he visited one really fucking big one in Texas. Yeah. And the guy let him in, and it was interesting. Yeah. The most interesting thing is the amount of money he's pulling in. And then when Kamal goes, I just realized every motherfucker here is volunteering. No one's getting paid. The people working the coffee shop, not getting paid. The whole fucking production team and camera crews, not getting paid. Every single person here that makes this operation happen, not getting paid. The only one getting paid is a fucking man on the stage. Really? Mm -hmm. They don't pay anybody else. None of them. They were all 100% volunteers, all the people working, the, the, the internet stuff, the broadcast, the cameras, the 
parking people in the parking lot. I mean, this place looked like a fucking mall from mm. the outside. Like mm. it looked like a mall. Mm-hmm. And on the inside, it had like a straight up like Starbucks style fucking coffee place in there where you can get coffee, which you had to pay for. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had like a TV station production room. It was a full on production. And they don't pay any of those people. None of them got paid. They're all one I've always figured that they were paying. Volunteers. Well, that's just. That's dumb on their part, I guess. Like, and and even the guys, he asked the guy at one point. He's like, he's like, you bring in a lot of money. Like, it costs a lot of money to put this on. Because mm-hmm. don't you ever feel bad about the fact that you have all these volunteers? Like, you don't pay people to do this. He's like, well, they're volunteers. They do it out of you know. This is part of their service. They're doing God's work. But he, then he's like, he goes, but this is what we do with the money. And the guy actually goes. Here is all of the places we've helped build wells in these different countries. This is all the food that we provided these places. So he's like, uh, yeah, but at what cost? Like, I mean, you you now you have to go back and and answer. Do they which, have to accept a Bible course from one of your cronies probably, to mm-hmm. ex, to get free, fresh I, water? I, I had the same thought, and probably yeah. that's probably that's probably wrapped up in there. Mm-hmm. But he he tried to he was making himself trying to make himself look good for what i think he's well he's like yeah this guy he's worth 11 million dollars mm. because that ain't shit compared to like a joel olstein or one of these other people like he's on the bottom end of, uh, like he makes 11 million dollars a year and he's at the bottom end of the fucking uh, uh mega churches mm. like he's a poor mega church making 11 million a year that's ridiculous yeah. the people would spend that much time and that much money to prop up one single person yeah. Yeah, that's in his his kind of excuse was he's like, well, he's like I he's like I started off making 20,000 a year and I kept growing it and growing it and growing it and getting bigger and bigger and bigger and now I can do more. And now I've snowed all of these people into working for free. Pretty Yay, much. Go me. I was actually surprised because when you're seeing it, he didn't bring that up until he's at the coffee shop part of the thing. Mm. He goes, these people are all working for free. And also, I've, oh, the preacher guy said that. No, or? no, Kamal Bell oh, okay. brings it up. Like he realized with talking to people that none of the people there are getting paid; they're all volunteers. Uh-huh. Huh? What were you gonna say? Uh, I was just saying, not only not only did he build himself up, but he he got to such a size that he could go to foreign lands and hold their very rare sources of water hostage for his stupid fucking book. <laughs> Would you like some water? All you need to do is check out this. You book. can't have yes. it, even though it's in your land, because I have enough money to come over here and say that this is now mine, and you have to do my little program before you get any of it. That's like when I got really mad at someone at work one time, and they're like, "The Catholic Church is always the first one there at a natural disaster helping out." And I'm like, "That's fucking bullshit." It's like, "No, it isn't. Look it up." So I'm like, "All right, let's look it up." And I took the that one that happened over in like Taiwan or whatever, and I'm like, "Okay." Here's a timeline. Well, the Taiwanese Navy was there first. Then the Japanese Navy showed up to help out. Then this country came to help out. Then this country came. Oh, wait. Here's the Catholic Church. And what did they bring? Fucking Bibles. Mm-hmm. Fucking Bibles and like 20 pieces of plywood. What fucking good did that do? It's like they bought enough plywood to put new roof on fucking five homes. And that was it. Hmm. Oh, I finally got the roof, the, the oh. <laughs> hole in my roof fixed. Oh, nice. Yeah. Thanks, church. Yeah. The the day after we got back from the convention, I had uh, the contractors come out and fix the hole in the roof. So that is now solved. Yeah. Yay. And then they also took out the, I had attic exhaust fans. Yeah. Took those out yep. and just put uh, turtle ducts in and 
put new boots on all of the pipes. So I'm good to go for oh, yeah. at least another five years, maybe, till I have to get the whole roof done. <laughs> but I still get mad when I hear, I'm just going back to my story real quick. Your roof, mm-hmm. your roof is important too, don't worry. No, it's not. It just reminded me. <laughs> Uh, when you have aircrafts and Navy vessels coming over with cargo and you're taking up cargo space with fucking Bibles and prayer beads mm-hmm. that could be better utilized for building materials and medical supplies and food and clothing to help people that actually need help. Yeah. And stuff that will actually help actually them. help them. Yeah. yeah. You can't, I mean, you might be able to put those Bibles on a fucking big pile and throw them on fire and get some warmth out of it. But Ryan, this is a real emergency and these people uh, could die. And if they die, die where they, are they going to go? go? I see that. Sign We're every time saving I souls out here, brother. We're I, out here saving souls for Jesus. I burned a box of Bibles in Afghanistan. I, think I, I mean, I think I've said that really, what is more important to you, Ryan, uh, this temporal short existence or an everlasting everlasting afterlife i would where, where i would rather it be everlasting go, you're gonna go either up or down and you need to decide now brother is it gonna be up because if it's gonna be up then you gotta get right with god are you gonna be up if there are attractive people there i might get up okay i'm gonna go down then <laughs> wait are we talking about the same thing right yep. now if you're if, it, if, it's, if it's making you hard i don't want to be around <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm no, but I'm sure that I, that's... I have a feeling Pastor Dan's always hard. <laughs> I'm sure that's the excuse that they give, though, is, well, yeah, we could do yeah. those other things. But really, what's more important, Ryan? Yeah. I mean, it's... they could die tomorrow. And we're here to make sure that they don't spend the rest of eternity burning in hell because they have not heard the good word about Jesus Christ coming here and sacrificing himself for their sins. Well, actually, I think the excuse I have heard was we need to give them hope. And what better way to give them hope than through the Bible? Lots of different ways. You can give them hope by giving them food, by giving them water, by giving them clothing, by giving them a place to live. They might get more hope out of a Playboy. By giving them electricity, plumbing, yeah. all of the all of the regular amenities that you enjoy back at home. Yeah. Arrogance. Arrogance. Anyway. That's <laughs> what even uh uh that uh the, they made that movie on him, but the the guy that climbs free climbs and he did El Capitan, the only person ever fucking free climb it. Mm. Um but there was I, I watched a documentary with him and one of the people asked him goes, How much money do you make? He's like, I make enough. That he used to, he lived out his van for the longest time. He's very humble about what he does, very introverted. But he goes, he goes, I take, I think he said he takes like 40% of his income and it goes straight to efforts to give electricity to people in foreign countries that don't have access to it. Hmm. That's one man all by himself. He goes, I, we take a trip over there every year. We do a climbing expo and all that kind of stuff. And he goes, and we install solar panels on people's homes over there and put battery banks in to give them electricity where they, it's not accessible. I'm like, that man's doing it all by himself with the money he earns without asking for money from others. And he's doing it because it's something he wants to do and not to get right with God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How much, how many desalination plants could these churches build oh. instead of printing Bibles and flying yeah. fucking missionaries all over the place? How many solar panels could they install? How many, how many wells could they dig if they were? doing things to just improve the lives of people here on earth. But like I said, they're not concerned with this temporal existence because they're worried about eternity. 
Hi, everybody. This is Mikey Weinstein. I'm the founder and president of the Military Religious Freedom Foundation, and you are listening to The Godless Revolution. Oh, here she is. Right. Go on. If you're atheist... I am. ...and you don't believe in an afterlife... I don't. If you don't believe in heaven and hell and all that, mm. why don't you just go around raping and murdering as much as you want? I do. What? I do go around raping and murdering as much as I want, which is not at all. Because he's got a conscience. But if death is just the end, what's the point? What's the point in what? Living. Might as well just kill yourself. So if you're watching a movie and you're really enjoying it, someone with Kevin Hart in, Yeah. And someone points out that this will end eventually, do you just go, oh, forget it then, what's the point, and just turn it off? No, because I can watch it again. Well, I think life is precious because you can't watch it again. I mean, you can believe in an afterlife if that makes you feel better. Doesn't mean it's true. But once you realise you're not going to be around forever. I think that's what makes life so magical. One day you'll eat your last meal, smell your last flower, hug your friend for the very last time. You might not know it's the last time, so that's why you should do everything you love with passion, you know? Treasure the few years you've got, because that's all there is. I watched Ride Along 2 five times. Well, you haven't wasted your life then? Definitely not, no. Love Kevin Hart. Yeah. Everything about him. His humour, his comedy, his films. Comedy films mainly. Mainly, yeah. Yeah. Whatever gets you through. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming over. Pleasure. If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you. All right, well, that'll pretty much wrap things up for this evening's show. I'm sorry, there was a technical difficulty. We lost a little bit of the show that we had just recorded. We'll we'll re-record it next week. We just noticed, god damn it. We're trying, see, we're rusty. It's been a month and we're just fucking up because I'm fucking up because I haven't been down. Not we, I fucked up because we haven't been down. The computer fucked up. Well, I should have, I should have been paying attention maybe. Uh, We, we lost a little bit, but you know, there's always next week. There's always (laughs) going to be other things to talk about. And, uh, I just fucking feel bad now that we, that we lost that little bit, but. But no one will know how venomous Matt snakes are now. Life. <laughs> Shit happens, man. And I feel bad. But uh, I, I think I also mentioned during the bit that we didn't record that, you know, we, we maybe were a little bit rambly this evening, but I wanted to catch up with you guys and let everybody yeah. know what's been going on for the last month. Uh, you know, next week we'll be getting into our more regular format of the show and everything. Um but we just we needed to catch ever we needed to catch up with each other and and talk about shit that's been going on and stuff and junk and things and then we thanked our Patreon supporters we did all of this before yeah. but we'll have to do it again and that's fine because we love you Patreon supporters <laughs> if you would like to become a Patreon supporter you can do so for as little as one dollar per episode by going to Godless ah, not you just I'm fucking up all over the place. You can do so by going yeah. to patreon.com slash godless revolution, where you can make a pledge for as little as $1 per episode for things like extended episodes, bonus episodes every now and then fun stuff, man. And it helps us keep the lights on, helps us pay for hosting 
for Google accounts, for equipment, all the, all the kind of stuff that we need to keep the show going. And our Patreon supporters are the ones who allow us to do that. So thank you very much. And we would appreciate it if you too can do so. If it's going to be any burden for you at all, then don't, don't. do it. Don't, don't do it. You can share the show around, talk about it, post you know, about it on, on social media, send us questions. We love hearing from our, from, from our listeners. So please do contact us if there's anything you need or want or anything you'd like us to talk about that we have not yet. Or if you have any questions for us, we love answering stuff like that. So send us a message at godlessrevolution at gmail.com or you can tweet at us at TGR podcast. Or you can give us a call at 33081-REBEL. Oh, I missed it. <laughs> and we we love hearing from you. Before we go, I want to make sure that we thank our Patreon supporters. That would be Alan Firth. New Mania. Christy Kalbach. Gaytheist. Larry Wilson. Stephen Andrews. Let Them Eat Kofefe. Do Skeptical Chaps. Michelle Short. Vanessa. Captain Samples. Utah Outcast. Janet Uter. Marius Kotz-Butrakowski. Wes Aaron. Andrew Vodapich. Jeremy Goodson. Brandy Hamrick. Megan Kennedy. The Thaz. Jeff Peterson. Jesse Pointer. Freethinker215 and Lisa Simpson support American Atheists. <laughs> Stabby Nakuna. The Purple Dragon. And Taylor Grin. Thank you all very much. I really appreciate it. You make the show go. And, yes. And we, we, we just love you. We just love you. <laughs> They're... In talking to Tracy recently, it reminded me of a story of when my kids were little and my son had done something that bothered people. I, I can't remember exactly what happened, but he did something. And my mother said jokingly to Lydia, oh, what are we going to do with Gray? What are we going to do with him? And Lydia, when she was very young, when they were very young, just said, Love him and keep him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, you know, this is when they were just a tiny little toddler. It's funny. Yeah, it was super cute. Yeah. But it reminded me. And so now when something, you know, when somebody in the family or a friend does something that is aggravating or bothersome, it's like, ah, God, what are we going to do about that? Love him and keep him. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. funny. Uh, but thank you all very much. And so until next week. I'm going old school. Crucify okay. those who don't keep the Sabbath holy. Ooh. <laughs> but no, wait, that would be us. That would be bad. I'll have to come up with something later. I don't know. It's fine. Leave a review or St. Patrick's going to kick your ass. And rate the show five times a day toward extinct critters. Do they know about St. Patrick? No, because, because we... that part got lost. <laughs> Shit. Now it's a mystery. We're just fucking up all over. Thank you all very much. <laughs> And so until next week, crucify the God botherers. No, don't do that's bad. I don't want to say that. <laughs> you sound like a real Roman. I do. I'm like, Jesus, that what was bad. Um <laughs>